As far back as I could remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome into another episode of the Sweeping with the Numbers podcast for a week three review. Uh, I got Pat here with me and we're going to recap the game so far. It's currently 821 Central Time. So we currently have the Sunday night game going on and then Monday night, obviously, tomorrow on Monday. Um, So, Pat, let's kick it off here with a quick question of the day. And so I have playoff probabilities pulled up here. And so do you. So um, let me just read them off really quick um, so everyone kind of gets an understanding of what we're looking at here. So we're using playoffstatus.com, which runs a simulation of the remaining games and gives kind of, you know, a statistical chance of these teams to make playoffs. Um, And the way they do it is the percentage is the percentage chance of not making playoffs. So it's, of course, the inverse of making playoffs. So I'm going to run the read these off real quick. So for the AFC, the (laughs) Las Vegas Raiders have the best probability of making playoffs at the moment. They have 25 percent chance of no playoffs. So 75 percent chance to make playoffs. And you know what? I'm just going to do the math in my head and I'll read it as their chance to make playoffs because. That makes more sense to me. Um, we then have uh, Bengals, 51% chance at playoffs. Um, Titans, 64% chance. Bills, 60%. Broncos, 64%. Chargers, 52%. Ravens, 55 And then the teams with worse than uh, 50% chance of making it, the Browns, 49%. Dolphins, 48 Patriots, 30 Uh I had to double check that Texans um, 37 Chiefs. This is a a crazy one, and I'm pretty sure this is one that we're going to talk about here. Chiefs, 27 percent Steelers, 33 Jets, uh, 19 Jaguars, 18 Colts, 16 on the other conference uh, Panthers, 69 percent. Nice. We have uh, the Cardinals with 66 percent chance uh the packers they are currently playing so you know that will of course have an impact on this but currently um a 44 percent chance eagles with 47 buccaneers with uh 66 rams uh math 63 49ers (laughs) again they're playing currently so this isn't updated uh 68 percent Saints, 52. Seahawks, 33. Cowboys, 53. They, of course, have also not played. Uh, Redskins, uh, 26. Uh, Falcons, 24. Bears, thir- uh, 42. Vikings, 23. Even after that win, which is impressive. Um, Lions, 15. Giants, 9. So, given all that, Pat, what's a team with worse than 50% chance to make playoffs that you think will make it in the end you know i think one um and this is kind of cheating because there are 51 percent is cleveland and i hate to say that but i don't necessarily think that the Bengals will stay atop the afc north um i think that this is they'll eventually implode on themselves you know i think they did really well today against pittsburgh but i think pittsburgh's also worse than what we thought um i 
kind of see the Ravens or the Browns, one of those two, winning the division. So I think the Browns should have a really good chance of winning the AFC North. Um, if not, they're definitely going to be in contention for a wild card because the other teams around them, Miami, New England, Houston, I don't like what I've seen so far from those teams. And not that they're not competitive. And, you know, I think it would be a miracle if Houston made the playoffs. But I just don't see that any of them competing for the wild card. And I don't like what I've seen from the Steelers. I don't feel confident that they're going to be that number two or number one team in the AFC North anymore. So I think Cleveland, just because they're barely over the threshold, is probably my best bet. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I don't think the Steelers win the North. I It's all pointing towards the Browns. Ravens didn't look good today either. Um, so it's the Browns for the AFC North, I'm, I'm starting to think. Um, I'm going to go with, th- this is an easy one, I think. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, that just seems very fluky. Um, they lost two very close games, one against the Chargers, one against Baltimore. Um, and they haven't looked themselves. Uh, week one, they even got off to a, a, a slow start against Cleveland, right? And but they rallied, they came back, they ended up winning that game pretty good, and it, it kind of stemmed from there. And it, it's gone into weeks two and three now, where they're just really close with the teams they are playing. And I also think they had three pretty decently um, tough matchups with the Browns, Ravens, and now Chargers. However, that's not the uh, Chiefs that we're used to seeing. We're used to seeing them scoring at will, doing whatever they want, and putting up tons and tons of points. And that doesn't seem to be happening. I can't put my finger on exactly what the issue is with them, but there's just some sloppy play going on that I think Andy Reid is going to adjust and they will, of course, make playoffs. So, uh, Pat, actually, follow up question for that. Um, kind of on these playoff prob- probabilities. So our first episode, we we picked, you know, who we thought was going to make it to the Super Bowl. We both have the Bills. And then I believe I had the Packers and you had Tampa Bay. I believe so. I'll have to go back and double check. OK, so given that. Are you worried about either of your picks at the moment? Uh, Bills look fantastic today. Tampa struggled a bit against the Rams. Do you think they can come back? You know, let's say they do make playoffs and they meet the Rams again. Are you are you worried about them making it there? No, um, I, I think, you know, like you said, I'm confident in the Bills to be at least competitive in the AFC. And I think with Tampa, um, the Rams are another good team. But I think we saw last year's Tampa kind of has the ability to sort of, you know, get hot at the right time. Um, so until I'm, it's proven otherwise, they're definitely going to win the, their division. I think the Panthers, you know, are good. But I think comparatively, the Panthers have had a much easier schedule than Tampa. Um, and I don't see the Panthers staying on top of the South. They're definitely going to be number two from what we've seen. Um, but I think that Tampa will come back. And I'm not as confident in that pick anymore, but I'm definitely still willing to stick with it. And just to kind of read off these odds here. So Tampa is currently still the favorite, even after that loss to win the Super Bowl at plus 400. And now uh, Bills, on the other hand here, they're at plus 700. And when we made this bet, um, they were at, I believe, plus 1200. So, you know, odds coming are, well, in our favors, given that we've already taken the bet. So things seem to be coming around now. Just just another thing I, I do want to bring up. Uh, you know, just because we are Steelers fans, Steelers currently at fifteen thousand odds uh, to to win the Super Bowl. So not not great. 
So let's get into these matchups here and some of the results. So, uh, Pat, I would like to start with a dilemma I had today, if that's okay. Okay. Sure. So, um, you know, I, I like DFS. I like playing DraftKings quite a bit. I had a, a good day on DraftKings. I ended up winning, um, what I win, $128 um, from a $60 buy-in. So about, well, not about, it is 113% return so i am happy with that um what i'm not happy about is uh my best lineup is one that i just kind of screwed around with and threw together last minute and it was one of those um those free lineups for the it was a five thousand dollar wrangler long live sports series and i just (laughs) threw something together didn't give it any thought at all it was my best lineup uh so I got sixth place out of 101,200 people. So I'm, you know, that's great. Good for me. Uh, Pat, if I would have played that lineup anywhere else, uh, if I would have played it in my normal $3 play action uh, that I do, I would have won $1,000. Unbelievable. If I would have played that in the Millionaire Maker, I would have won $7,000. So I'm hurting a little bit. I'm happy. You know, I got this win. It's all profit, whatever. But, you know, just knowing what could have been, uh, it stings a little bit. But I should just be happy. Yeah, those are the ones that you can only dream about, you know, oh, had I known. But in reality, I I think what we've learned from watching people doing DFS is there is a strategy to it to at least be competitive. But I mean, you do need a little bit of luck to at least be successful. Um, Cause think about how many people watch the same shows and listen to the same podcasts and read the same articles and pick basically the same lineups over and over. And then there's that one person who's like, you know what? I'm going to play Trevor Lawrence today or something crazy that nobody would really do. Those are the people that always get first place. Yeah. That, uh, that crazy dart throw for me today was a uh, Pat Fryermuth. I put him mm-hmm. in. Uh, he got 11.2 points, which isn't a lot, but only 0.76% of players picked him. So when he scored, I just surpassed everyone um, because nobody else had him. So, you know, just a, a little thing that's that's bugging me. But overall, it's been a good week. I'm winning most of my fantasy lineups, uh, Stafford and Cooper Cup, I played against them in two leagues, so those are the two that I am losing, which is annoying. Um, All right, let's get into these matchups here. Let's start with the Thursday night game. Uh, We talked about it already on the injury episode, um, Mm -hmm. but Christian McCaffrey went down early in the game, probably cost a lot of people their fantasy games this week. Um, Didn't know the extent of the injury, uh, but uh, Alex did get an update and it sounds like it is a grade two hamstring injury and Alex says the recovery time for that is about four to six weeks so I don't believe they put him on IR yet but that may be forthcoming um from what you saw on Thursday Pat do you have any faith in in Chuba I'm not entirely sure um I think what I saw was something that needs to develop further in terms of the fact that you can't really expect a rookie running back to kind of come into a game like that and really take control um but what i did see is that carolina has the offensive 
competency that if if he doesn't perform the way he needs to, it shouldn't be a huge issue. I mean, we saw Sam Darnold run a little bit. We saw you know DJ Moore catch a lot of passes. I, I think the Panthers will be okay without McCaffrey. Um, but what I'm really nervous for is, like you said, if he goes on IR, it's more serious than what we thought. Um, because they do have Dallas and Philly, which kind of stink, and Minnesota, who also played well. But then after that, it gets a little bit easier. Giants, Falcons, Patriots don't look as good as we thought they were this year. So it seems like the next three games might be the real test to see whether or not it matters if Hubbard is the starter or if you know the Panthers can ha- handle themselves. Yeah, he ended up as a running back 25 on the week. Uh, not, not great, 9.4 fantasy points in half-point PPR. Uh, 4.7 per carry, which isn't terrible. Uh, but you know, the ball just kept going to DJ Moore, and that was that was really it. Um, also, you know, like you said, Sam Darnold going in and getting all the touchdowns. Um, on the other side of the ball, Brandon Cooks also looked fantastic. He gets hyper targeted apparently, no matter who the quarterback is there, and that was something I was worried about. But overall, Brandon Cooks looked look great. Um, he's a safe start the rest of the way through. So looking at our model picks for Thursday, uh, not great. Uh, 0 for 3. <laughs> yeah, I think the model was really thought Deshaun was going to play this week, but he didn't. Yeah, it seems to be thinking that way. Really, really wants Houston to keep doing well. So model picked Houston to win. That obviously didn't happen. It picked over. That obviously didn't happen. And Houston did not cover those eight points. So very poor start for the model which means let's uh let's move on to the next game Hmm. so next matchup we had uh uh we'll talk washington buffalo and pet this game it started off really close you know the whole first quarter was pretty competitive um only one touchdown scored by buffalo but after that the bills just took off and ended up winning this game 43 to 21 just to kind of brag i did say that josh allen would finally be coming out and i don't want to too much horn too much but 358 and four touchdowns is pretty good he only had a qbr of 84 points but that doesn't matter yeah that's absolutely fantastic um so he he went off i have no idea what to do with the running backs it seems like you can kind of play both of them somehow uh, Zach mm-hmm. Moss here getting touchdowns yet again. Emmanuel Sanders with two touchdowns. Uh, Dawson Knox had one. Diggs had, you know, a somewhat quiet game compared to these other guys. Only six receptions for 62 yards. Um, on the Washington side of the ball, Heineke got two touchdowns, but he also got two interceptions. Um, the biggest, uh, the largest amount of receiving yards is actually to Antonio Gibson. He had a single reception for 73 yards and a touchdown, which was really awesome to see that they're actually, you know, throwing the ball to him because he does have the hands to do so. Um, McKissick is not the only one that can catch the ball in Washington. So going over to the model picks, uh, the model did pick Buffalo to win. Uh, However, applying some strategy to that, the, you know, money line odds were not too favorable. So, I normally don't like taking anything over minus 200, but it nailed Buffalo minus seven and over 45. So much better there. Two for two there for the model. All right. In the next matchup here, we got 
uh, Cleveland versus Chicago. Justin Fields getting that first start. And Pat, uh, like we said on Saturday, it wasn't going to go well for him. And it did not. Right. I, I think we, you know, he didn't have any turnovers in terms of interceptions, but six for 20 is not a great stat line, regardless of it's your, if you're any type of quarterback. Um, he had a QBR of six. So, I think what we saw is Cleveland beat the living snot out of him because he also had nine sacks from 67 yards lost. So I think what we saw is the bears might be better off sticking with Andy Dalton whenever he's healthy, at least for the time being. Yeah, that it was, it's tough to start against the Browns. Like we talked about, they just swarmed him consistently. Um, So that, that was rough. I gladly took a couple prop bets here. Um, The one prop bet, I took on Justin Fields was him passing uh, under 208 and a half yards, easily got that, and then also under 51 and a half yards. So both of those hit. Um, that Cleveland defense is just really, really good. And because of that, Baker didn't have to do much. And, you know, he threw for 246 and one, only completed 19 for 31 passes, but it it was all the run game for, for the Browns. Like it continues to be. Chubb got 84 yards. Even Hunt got 81 in a in a touchdown. Um, so Browns are a team to watch in the coming future. Yeah, and one last thing that's also interesting is that Kareem Hunt was the second highest targeting receiver. He had seven. Odo Beckham had nine. He's number one. Everybody else had less than three. And talking about Odell, you know, not a bad showing on his time back, but. Pat, do you think that's more because there's not really anyone else to throw to here? I would say that's part of it. I would also say that, you know, they're playing the Bears who they're okay, but we've seen this year that they're mediocre at best. Um, I'd like to see him play against a a tougher defense and see if he's still as productive because I think if it's a tougher defense, he's going to be shut down completely. Um, I think any team in their right mind would put their number one cornerback on him and shut him down. So clearly the Bears kind of contained him. He only had 77 yards, but just to show that he was still the number one receiver shows that they didn't really do their best job. Yeah, so switching over to the model picks here, uh, it took Cleveland to win. Cleveland minus seven, both of those hit. It, however, did take the over of 44 and a half and only 32 points were scored because the Bears didn't play football today so here we have another afc north team the baltimore ravens playing against detroit and coming into the game uh most people thought this was going to be a real easy blowout for baltimore and they ended up winning off of a world record field goal by justin tucker which was awesome to see you know it went it was almost dead center but it hit the crossbar and bounced in uh, incredible to see, but Pat, did you see that that field goal should have never been made? What are you referencing in terms of should have never been made? So, Pat, the play before the field goal, there was a delay of game, and it was not called. I did not notice that. Went to zero for probably one or two additional ticks, and no flag was thrown. Are you saying that an official made a mistake, crucial to the end of the game and determine the fate of the Ravens. That is exactly what I'm saying. Now I'm not saying, you know, there's some, uh, what is that? The Buffalo bills button where there's some, 
uh, <laughs> fuckery about. <laughs> but but yeah, that was an awful, awful miscall. And one that and, and I, I let's get your input on this. Do you think calls like that should be able to be reviewed? Because it, it's something that is easily reviewable, right? You have the official clock. You can see if they snap the ball or not. Why are they not doing that? Why is this not an automated thing? I think it opens the door for a lot of other things to be automatically reviewed that shouldn't. Now, as someone who I never officiated football, I've officiated soccer and other things like that. Um, as an official, it's really hard to maintain like the integrity of what you're calling if you know that something can always back you up. And what it will do is it will just cause people to start making calls just to save themselves in terms of like embarrassment on social media. And it'll prevent, like, I guess the honor of the game. Like, there's a lot of stuff that happens because the ref made a mistake or because something was missed. Think about how many holding calls are missed every game or how, like, targeting calls of college football sometimes are subjective to what the ref saw, right? So, yeah. No matter what they do, it'll be wrong. I mean, I think we've also seen in other sports like soccer, like, you can have something like VAR and they still mess it up. So, Should it be easy? Yes, but it will never be easy. And unfortunately, that's just the way that's going to go. Yeah, to me, it feels like um, you you would have to get kind of nitty gritty with it. You know, pick what roles right. you can look at with re- review and what not to. Like, you, it, I think hockey is a fantastic example where the refs, they'll let the players play. You know, if they're getting rough with each other, if they're both doing it, let them play. Let them do it. And you'll see it sometimes in the NFL uh, with wide receivers and quarterbacks. If there's hand fighting and everything, but it's going both ways, let them do it. That's absolutely fine. But I think more technical calls, I, I don't see any reason those can't be automated, such as, you know, the, the delay of game for the clock. And I feel exactly similar for baseball. You know, it it's binary if a uh, a pitch is a strike or a ball. Right. There's no gray line, but by using an outdated umpire, that there is a gray line. And you know, I I just would feel awful if a game is completely determined by a poor call like that and one that's um easy to see. So, anyways, getting into more of these statistics here, uh Lamar looked like crap. Uh 16 <laughs> for 31, 287 yards, one touchdown, one interception. However, he was their best rusher. He rushed seven times for 58 yards, uh, including a massive run for 31. And then, of course, the only other, well, the receiving threat for the Ravens is always Mark Andrews, and that was no different today. He got five receptions, 109 yards, and the wide receiver, too, is Sammy Watkins, somehow still being relevant. Uh, Four receptions, 68 yards. And then Marquez Hollywood Brown, three for 53. Pat, he could have had five or six receptions. Do you see how many drops he got this game? I didn't. I've noticed at least two of them should have been potential touchdowns. Um, oh. I think I think what we're starting to see from him is that he's very hit or miss. Um, it almost kind of reminds me of whenever the Steelers had martavis bryant like it was either going to be a touchdown or nothing was going to happen and it, it seems like that that's sort of what the ravens have in their hands yeah that that's a fantastic comparison um you know he's he's a boomer bust type guy and there's i guess there's just not enough pass volume 
in Baltimore to kind of go around. So swapping over to the model, uh, the model had Detroit plus eight. So awesome. Good work there. If you know, we look at the public, um, only 14% was on Detroit point. So uh, it's interesting. It's interesting to me um, trying to get into the mind of this model because it will hit on these kind of outlandish picks, but some of the ones that might be more obvious to, you know, us or, or someone who, who pays attention to football, um, it, it, it seems to be missing. And that's something, you know, we, we got to figure out there. And that's why, you know, you and I, we review the picks and we end up putting the picks that we kind of curate on our um, sweat and podcast action network. Um, and also our website. So be sure to kind of track it there rather than, you know, bet for bet with the model because it, it isn't made for that. And that's really something I want to keep um, pushing home because it is not meant to be followed exactly. It needs some help. All right. Uh, next, we have an AFC South matchup, the Indianapolis Colts against the Tennessee Titans. Colts lost 16 to 25. Um, Colts are now 0-3 and, and somehow still in third place in the AFC South. But um, Carson Wentz looked bad. Like Baxter said, he should not have been playing on two sprained ankles. Um, he ended up with 7.76 fantasy points this week. Um, only ahead of Zach Wilson, who got 4.6. And uh, now Trey Lance. Trey Lance actually just scored a touchdown for the San Francisco 49ers as we speak. So, uh, Pat, defend your guy. You know, I think 19 for 37 for most quarterbacks is a pretty bad completion percentage. But I know that Carson was trying his best. I mean, it makes me visualize that time that Byron left, which was basically carried down the field when he played for Marshall. And I know that Carson Wentz has that same fighting spirit. Um, I think the real issue is Jonathan Taylor did not get 100 rushing yards again. He only ended with 64. So I think if I was the Colts, I'd be more mad that I have my elite running back, not really helping my quarterback who, you know, you can say what you want about Carson once, but he is a man of honor. And I think that he's trying his best. I'm really disappointed in Jonathan Taylor and I'm going to hang up and listen. Uh, yeah. And it, it's easy to, for him to be embarrassed when across the field is Derrick Henry sitting at 28 rush attempts for 113 yards. Uh, no, no touchdowns this game. Um, Pat, 50 bucks. if you can name the top receiver for the Titans right now for this game. Uh, I just looked, but it wouldn't have been anybody who I said. Ah, um, <laughs> Westbrook. Yeah. So it, Westbrook Ekine. Uh AJ Brown went out early, so we will talk about him on the injury podcast. Uh Julio Jones doing Julio Jones things. Uh, you know, playing a game and a half, getting hurt, and then you spend the next week wondering if he's if he's gonna play. And it, it's a rough time. So that that's just normal for Julio Jones. He did get three for 47. So he was looking good before he did um come off the field so uh model picks here um again not too good here uh it really liked the colts wanted the colts plus five and a half they did not get that it also picked the um 
over over 47 and only 41 points were scored. Another matchup and a super close one, maybe one that was very surprising to most people, but we have the last uh, two place teams in the AFC West, the LA Chargers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Chargers win this game 30 to 24. So just barely uh, hitting the under that was set at 55 and a half points. So Chargers, if you bet on them, that that's a good amount of money coming your way. They were plus 240 underdogs and uh, six and a half point underdogs as well. Yeah, I think we've been talking about it. I think that, you know, I, to- I said that the Chargers were going to be competitive. Um, I thought that the Chiefs would have been the number one in the AFC West at this point. I think that, you know, it's sort of the same situation as the AFC North. I think the cream will rise to the top, right? So I think both the Raiders and the Bengals will eventually find their homes towards the bottom. Um, but I think what this has shown is that Justin Herbert's a highly competent quarterback. Um, and even without Austin Eckler having a huge running game, he only had 55 yards. He still had 52 yards receiving and a touchdown. So he came in as the number three targeted receiver um, behind Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. So I think what we can tell is that the Chargers have a very balanced offense and they don't need you know a power running back to be able to be successful in the AFC West. What this also showed about Kansas City is you know outside of Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill got shut down again, and I don't I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if it's a him problem or the defenses that they played, but they're going to want to figure out how to get the ball to somebody besides Travis Kelsey because he had eleven targets, seven receptions, and then everybody else was under ten. So it seems like the Chiefs are really trying to focus their attack at one specific guy, and if it's not working, it's not going to you know work for them anytime soon. Yeah, it kind of seems like teams. You know, of course, you want to double cover Hill because he's so damn fast, but um, they would rather get pieced up by, you know, Travis Kelsey or Hardman, maybe rather than just a big long ball to Tyreek Hill. And and that's kind of what happened here because the Chiefs were driving down the field quite a bit. I this game kind of is on Mahomes. He threw two interceptions and really did not look great where you know, the the young up-and-comer, Justin Herbert, looked fantastic. He threw only for 281 yards, but four touchdowns with a 125-point QB rating. So he looked great, and I, you know, I expect big things. Pat, I, I don't think I expected them to be this good this season. I knew it was coming, but definitely, you know, good call-out um, seeing the Chargers for what they are. Thank you. I've been really lucky with them in Arizona, so hopefully it stays that way. Arizona gave me a little scare, and we'll get to them in a few games. I th- I think we're seeing a glimpse of the future. Um, you know, Steelers kind of seem to be on their way out of the top teams, if we're not already. And, uh, you know, for the AFC, maybe the Chargers are the ones replacing them. They finally get a competent head coach, and they look they look awesome. So heading over to the model, uh, the model did pick the 55 and a half, which barely hit. Uh, there was 54 total points scored. Um, the model also did pick the Chargers to cover at plus seven. So that also hit. It did have Kansas City to win. But luckily, we did not actually take that bet because the line was just you know too juiced up um, at minus 300. There's not enough uh, reward for that risk. And then, you know, the public thought the same exact thing uh 80 96 percent of the bets were for kansas city 80 percent of the money on kansas city 
69% for the over, 79% of the money for the over. So while it was a shootout, it just barely missed that over. Then another game here, Pat, uh, one that, you know, we somewhat talked about was who is a team that is very difficult to predict. And I, I, I can't say it any more than New Orleans Saints. I have no idea if they're good or not. I really cannot tell. They came out here, uh, beat New England. Um, Jameis looked competent. Uh, 13 for 21, only 128 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Whereas Mac Jones, you know, 51 attempts, completed 30 of them, 270 yards, one touchdown, but three interceptions. So, Pat, help me wrap my mind around what I saw in this game. I think what you're starting to see isn't necessarily a good New Orleans team, but a really bad New England team. Um, Something that's really concerning is Mac Jones should not be your leading rusher with 28 yards. So, oh boy, (laughs) I did not see that. Yeah, Damian Harris ended with 14, and he only had six carries, so that tells me that the Patriots just went super pass-heavy. He had 51 attempts, too. That, that You should not be doing that with a rookie quarterback, especially a guy like him where, like, he's good. Um, you know, people like to compare him to Tom Brady, but, like, in terms of, like, who he is as a player, he's a game manager, and he's really competent at what he does. He should not be throwing the ball 51 times. So I, I think maybe Bill's losing his touch, maybe... Mac Jones is starting to realize, oh, I am a rookie quarterback. I can't get away with this stuff. And because when I'm looking in terms of stats from New Orleans, Jameis did good. I mean, Alvin Kamara did good, but we've also seen New England lose Miami as well. So I, I think, I think this might be a little bit misleading. Yeah, this is interesting here. I'm trying to see. Is there a thing for like total yards? Where's it at? No. I'll just do some quick math here. So it looks like total yards wise, New England actually put up more than uh, New Orleans. But apparently that doesn't matter. New Orleans was just super efficient. And then, you know, Camara came to life as well. And I think a big reason for that, they actually used him as a workhorse running back. He got 24 attempts this game and three receptions on four targets. Uh, One of those for a touchdown. So finally, he. I, it needs to stay that way. They need to keep Kamara involved, use him as a workhorse back. He isn't the biggest running back, um, so I I understand, but he's just so efficient that it's hard to um, keep the ball out of his hands. Yeah, and this really excites me because in a league um, that I'm currently in for Yahoo, I kind of took a little bit of a risk, and I traded Najee Harris and Hawkinson for Kamara and waller and i'm not sure why somebody accepted this trade but they did it wow and i was kind of nervous because i was thinking okay maybe camara is not going to be good in this offense but i I think this is a glimpse of new orleans starting to figure out okay maybe we're not gonna let Jameis throw 50 times maybe we can get away with not doing that so hopefully they stick to this formula if they do i think they'll be a little bit better off than if they rely on Jameis. yeah that's interesting and i had a similar thought today it's like do i sell high on Najee harris right now you know he finishes the running back four this week but i'm just so worried about our offensive line and really the offense as a whole you know we just got super banged up today even more and i think currently i I think chase 
ended up coming back. I, I know I saw him get hurt, but I think Chase is now our number one. And James Washington is going to be our number two at, at the wide receiver position. So I I don't know what to expect from them, but we'll talk about them in a little bit. Um, so going to the model, model nailed it. Model had New Orleans winning, so cashed in on that plus 135 odds. Also, of course, New Orleans plus three. Um, however, however, the over did not hit. Uh, it was even a low over under 41 and a half, and they only got to. Wait a minute. Was it really that close? They got to 41. <laughs> OK, I didn't see that before. Yeah. So miss the over, you know, by a point, whatever. <laughs> Our next super interesting, amazing matchup, the Atlanta Falcons beat the New York Giants today 17 to 14. Um I don't even know how long we want to stay on this game. Uh Barkley got a touchdown. That that's a good thing that I I can say. Um and Pat uh your guy Cordero Patterson looked great. Yeah, num- number 2 receiver. Um I don't think he knows how to run the ball. I think they should just stop and just <laughs> let him be a receiver because i'm pretty sure that's what he used to play as a, in minnesota so i'm not sure what the strategy is here giving him seven, seven carries but whatever whatever works for them they have one win giants don't that's all that matters that's right one more than them uh so yeah cordero patterson ending up at the running back 20 uh i did he finish at a saquon he did not so barkley is currently sitting at the running back nine so good for good for barkley to get back in the um rb1 status uh other than that pat not a ton to talk about here um very defensive game i guess even though uh there was what one turnover two turnovers one by each team matt ryan fumbled once and so did evan ingram on his i believe this was his first game back so you know maybe he should sit out again um either way uh model uh, nailed this one as well. Uh, the model had Atlanta to win, so cash in on plus 140, uh, Atlanta plus three, and under 48. So three for three on this game. And now the matchup we have been dreading uh, the first place AFC North Cincinnati Bengals beat the last place Pittsburgh Steelers at home 24 to 10. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything to say, Pat. What do you want to say? Well, at least Ben threw for 58 times. I think that kind of shows that his peck isn't as injured as what we thought it was. I think he would have torn it at that that's point. Fair. So that's good news. Um, they suck. Yeah. Let's leave it at that. Um, expect most of our injury podcast to be on the Steelers. Um, Jamar looked good. Makes it look good. Burrow looked good. Najee looked good. I think we talked about Tyler really Boyd, if he was going to be relevant, and he was very relevant. He made it yeah. look like someone was playing on the easy mode in Madden, or used to have those old, uh, the plow, the old Madden cards used to collect. Yeah. He, he had that one in that first touchdown. Um, yeah. What did the model say? <laughs> Uh, well, model had Steelers to win Steelers minus three and under, which that was, that was easy. The under was easy. We, we called that one immediately. 
Yeah, I think that we've seen that for whatever reason, um, it just doesn't seem like the Steelers show up. And you can blame Matt Canada all you want, but that's how it was last year as well. It has nothing to do with Matt yeah. Canada offense. Because um, if you watch any of his offenses in college, it has nothing to do with the timing. It has nothing to do with that it's slow tempo. It's just for whatever reason, it, it might be Ben at this point. So uh, interesting tidbit that someone commented on Reddit uh, to me. It said, uh, I noticed with the two recent games in the last seven to eight years, the Bengals have won at Pittsburgh. They were both 13 and 10 and 16 to 13 for 10 games. The line has continuously come down to only minus two and a half, which seems too short, honestly. But if the Bengals keep this a game, they should stay the under, uh, which it obviously did. but. Um, it's interesting how often the Bengals win at Heinz Field and how close the games are. You know, it kind of ends up being a chess match between the two. So moving on to bigger and better things, we have the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Cardinals uh, were seven and a half point favorites. They came in and won. Uh, It was actually a little scary here for a bit. And Pat, it sounded like you had something to say about that. Yeah, I had a little bit of a, a heart attack because I went and teased the spread and I had Arizona minus 10 and I was feeling pretty cocky the last time we talked about them on the show and I almost had to eat my words. Fortunately, I didn't. Um, but what happened to Kyler is more of the question. I mean, he went from being a little sporadic, you know, in the Minnesota game. He was kind of like not really controlling the ball and now he wasn't really commanding anything. It looks like James Conner wanted to show up. So I, I think that just shows you how bad Jacksonville's defense is that James Conner hasn't done anything all year. And he was the leading rusher for the Cardinals. Um, <laughs> and AJ Green was the number one wide receiver. So it was a little bit of opposite day for Arizona, but I think they'll figure it out when they play their next game. Yeah, de- definitely a, an interesting one. One, I don't think, well, they expected to win and everything, but fantasy wise, it was a, a little bit out there. Uh, Kyler still sitting at the quarterback 11, so not not terrible. Still that quarterback one finish. Um, Trevor, however, still not looking too good. Uh, threw one touchdown pass. That actually was a fantastic pass to DJ Chark. That was actually really good. Um, but other than that, two interceptions. And James Robinson coming to life. He disappeared for, it seemed like, the whole first half. But then they got him involved, and he ended up with 88 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, and I hope that Jacksonville realizes that if they just utilize him and it'll take pressure off of Trevor and they might be a little bit more balanced of a team. So I hope that continues because he didn't have much more carries. He had 15 compared to his previous 13 or whatever it was. But, I mean, if you allow for him to get going, then it just controls the tempo of the game better. Yeah, absolutely. And we've talked about it multiple times. He can handle the workload. He did it all of last year. Um, I don't think Urban really sees that. uh, but yes, getting getting James Robinson involved will only help your team. He can handle the workload. Um, but yes, uh, the model had under 52. That hit, they ended up with a total of uh, 50 points. So another super close one that we squeaked by. Um, we also had car- um, the Cardinals to win, but you know we're not actually taking that bet at minus 350. Um, and they also had, the model also had Jacksonville plus eight, which they did not cover. So uh, two for three, 
you know, nothing to complain about here. Four more games to walk through. Uh, This is going to be a quick one, I believe. The Jets get shut out against the Denver Broncos. Uh, I don't think anyone expected anything less. And I mean, we can look at the public bets here. Uh, 93% of the bets to win were on Denver. Uh, 84% of the spread on Denver. And then 67% of the bets were for the over. The over was... um, Pretty low, 41 and a half, but the under did hit there. The other two, however, did make it. Um, and I believe those are the exact bets that the model took. No, so so the model had the Jets plus 10 and a half and under 41 and a half, which hit, and Denver to win. But, you know, never you don't take a bet at minus 600. Even if they win, you know, the payoff really isn't there. Um not not much to add here, Pat. Um, anything for you? I'm just looking in the NCAA draft prospects to see which running back the Jets will take with their first pick next year. Um, <laughs> because I, I think you, you don't think they'll take a quarterback. I mean, they might. Who knows? Um, I I don't know if I was a quarterback. If so, if the Jets drafted me, I would pull Eli and just demand a trade instantly. I wouldn't allow for them to do that because I think what we saw in the first game is that Zach Wilson isn't a terrible quarterback, but when you're only throwing 10 targets to Corey Davis and everyone else is under six, I think that's an offensive issue. Like it, it doesn't sound like it's a Zach Wilson problem. It seems like it's a, a chemistry problem because what you're doing is you're forcing the ball to just one guy and one guy alone. And you're just basically being as predictable as possible. Yeah. You know, I thought, well, it definitely was Adam Gase as well, but so maybe he still left a little bit of a skid mark on the Jets that's still uh, sitting there, and Zach Wilson is paying for it. Well, the whole team, Michael Carter, he got the start today, but he only rushed nine times for 24 yards. That was probably mostly because they were behind the entire game, and he really isn't much of a pass catcher, it seems, so... Really not much to talk about here. Uh, super boring game. Denver's now undefeated and in first place in the AFC West. The good news is that Zach Wilson's QBR is only 31st in the league, so there's at least somebody who's worse. Ooh, uh, somebody worse. Uh, is, it a, is it a starter quarterback? I'm going to look it up right now. I have no idea. I was just looking at his player profile. Okay, I was going to say... Oh, man, who would it be? Oh, it is. Uh, You're not going to guess it. Oh, shit. Um, Actually, okay. Who, guess the uh, bottom blah, blah, three blah. quarterbacks in terms of QBR. Guess the, in terms of QBR. Okay, Zach Wilson. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence? He's number 30. There's one. There's last place. Oh, shit. Uh, last place. Um, Stick with the theme. Is it with rookies? Yes. Mills? Justin Fields. Ah, ah, yeah, yeah. I should have got that one. Okay. See, I, I guess I didn't think of him as a starter. Damn, okay. Uh, so, Pat, we talked about a game that made you kind of poop yourself. Uh, here's one that made me poop myself. Uh, the Miami Dolphins played the Las Vegas Raiders. I expected this to be not close at all. I, I took the Raiders minus four and minus three and a half. 
So I'm like, yeah, you know, they'll, they'll cover that. They won by a field goal in overtime, 31 to 28. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, he did it. He put in the effort. He, he didn't look uh, terrible, I guess. But he went to two guys and two guys only. And Mike Kosicki and Jalen Waddle got a lot of work today. Um, so, and then on the on the Raiders side of the ball, Carr couldn't do anything. It was a Peyton Barber show. Uh, Peyton Barber had 23 rushes for 111 yards and a touchdown. He So I, I don't know what that means. You know, really all this game told me is that the Steelers are way worse than we originally thought. Yeah, I agree. I think what we're going to find out, though, is that the Dolphins are also probably way worse than what we thought. Um, because Peyton Barber getting 111 yards, we saw him play against Pittsburgh, and he did absolutely nothing. So I think that just exposes the Dolphins' defense. I don't think that that trend's going to continue. It does make me more, more concerned about Kenyon Drake, though. I really thought that he was going to come out and be not the true number one, but I thought he was going to really make John Gruden kind of eat his words in terms of Peyton Barber and just very disappointed. Um, but it is nice to see that Brian Edwards, you know, they keep talking about how he, they want to incorporate him in the offense. He was the leading receiver in terms of yardage. And Derek Carr did at least a good job of spreading the targets out in terms of receiving, you know, everyone getting five or six or seven. So I think you're right. Though. It does show that the Steelers <laughs> are in a very questionable position in terms of their stature in the NFL. Maybe maybe what they need to do is just hyper-target Waller because they seem to win games pretty good if they do that rather than spreading it out. That's probably bad coaching. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> I just want fantasy points. Anyways, uh, model three for three. Uh, over 45. Uh, we got 59 points in this game. Miami plus three and a half. They covered just by that half a point. And then Las Vegas Raiders to win. So good work there by the model. Two more games to go. Uh, two great games to go, starting with maybe the best game uh, this week. Tampa Bay versus the Los Angeles Rams. Tampa Bay came into the game minus one point away favorites, and that line flip-flopped quite a bit throughout the week. Um, I don't think anyone really knew what to do. I didn't bet on it at all because I didn't know what to do. I was just here to enjoy the ride and um, get my fantasy players in it for DFS lineups. So the Rams end up winning. 34 24 and you know once they kind of got hold of that lead that was kind of the the end it did it took a bit for tampa bay to put up more of a fight um reactions to that pat yeah um just kind of looking at the stats you know i think that what's most concerning to me and you can tell just by the stat line is that Tampa rushed the ball 13 times. Tom Brady had three of those, which is almost a quarter. Um, what I, I'm really concerned with is just how bad Tampa's defense has been. You know, I said it when they played the Cowboys. I'm like, okay, I was a little shocked. Like, the Cowboys are good, but that shouldn't really be happening. But it's happened again. Matt Stafford threw for 343 yards. And Sony Michelle had 67 rushing yards, which isn't outstanding, but I mean... I thought Tampa's defense was supposed to be locked down and we haven't seen that all year. So yeah. maybe that's going to be, you know, the thing that really prevents them from going to the Super Bowl is, Hey, you brought all these good guys back on the offense. You brought all the starters back, but it just seems like something's wrong on the defensive side. And I don't know what it is. Yeah. I don't know if they're 
banged up. You know, we look at the injury report. There wasn't a ton there. I believe Sue was uh, hurt, but he played today. So I, I, I don't know what that is. Really, you know, my mind goes to fantasy. It tells me uh, don't be worried about playing your guys against them because people had good, good lineups here. So Cooper Cup. Nine receptions for 96 yards, two touchdowns. Tyler Higby got five receptions for 40 and a touchdown. The biggest one, and I bet I bet this won someone a million dollars. Deshaun Jackson, three receptions for 120 yards and a touchdown. They kept throwing bombs to him, and he looks like he did when he came into the league. He, he still has it. Um, so that's another old guy, you know, that you can kind of – Keep your eyes on Tom Brady's not the only one for for the model. The model failed us completely in this game. Uh, it took the under 55 and a half. They ended up with 58 points here. Total uh, took Tampa Bay to win and Tampa Bay minus one. So oh for three. No good. Uh, so, you know, we talked about this to win the Super Bowl odds at plus 800. How do you feel about that? Bet Pat, I'm kind of enticed by that because they look they look great and they're not even fully healthy. Henderson didn't play at all today. Um, so w- any thoughts on taking the Rams, you know, midseason plus 800? I think it's definitely worth talking about what I would like to see um, in terms of a matchup, just to sort of gauge where these two teams are is Rams and Cardinals, just because, you know, I talked about it. They The Cardinals were my team that were going to make the playoffs that you know, people are really dogging on, right? And talking about, you know, them, I don't think that they face the competition that they've needed to. And now when I'm looking at the Rams schedule, I don't know if they have either. Because they play the Bears and the Colts. We've seen yeah. that both of those teams are below average. And now Tampa Bay looks more concerning on defense than what I think we originally thought. So the the real question is, is the Rams 3-0 and real? Because the Rams have the Cardinals next. They have at Seattle, which we'll talk about next. Seattle's disappointing. But then after that, it's Giants, Detroit, Texans, Titans. I, I think the Rams can go on a run. And I think really the only teams that really stand in their way right now are Green Bay, Arizona, and the 49ers in terms of teams that I think are legit competition. So I do think that the Rams should make the playoffs for sure. So if it was me, I'd definitely you know bet low on it just for the fun of it. Yeah, at this point, there's no reason not to throw, you know, 10 bucks to win, what was that, 80. That's not that's not too bad of a payout. So getting to our final game today, uh, the Seattle Seahawks played the Minnesota Vikings. The Seahawks were minus two-point favorites here at the end, 55.5 point over under. Uh, Seattle ends up losing this game pretty good, 17-30. Uh, to 30. And I I did actually take a bet on Seattle minus two. I thought no Dalvin Cook, their defense isn't terrible. They can handle Justin Jefferson. They couldn't. They couldn't do anything. Alexander Madison ran all over them, 112 yards, um, no touchdowns, but he also got six receptions for 59 yards. On top of that, Justin Jefferson got nine receptions, 118 yards, and a touchdown. Kirk Cousins was on fire. He was 30 for 38, 323 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Where on the other side of the ball, 
Russ was close in terms of yardage with 298, but only one touchdown. So Russ wasn't terrible. And, you know, looking down the stat line, at least on the offense, they weren't too bad. Carson had 80 yards in the touchdown. DK had 107 in a touchdown. I don't know what went wrong had to be on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that Seattle is going to fall into the same category as me with Tampa Bay is that there's something that we thought was going to happen in terms of them being like a fairly good defense. And it's just not panning out. Um, I'm pulling up the rest of their games. You know, they got lit up by Tennessee. You know, they gave up 33 points and they, the Colts, they kept them to 16, but like I think we've seen the Colts aren't super great on offense. So I, I think that we're starting to see that a lot of these teams that we you know projected to be like, oh, top dogs, Seattle, Tampa, um, are not performing defensively the way that we think that they would. Um, and it seems like the games that they play where they do have good defense, it's only against bad teams. I don't know if you're, you're seeing that trend in the NFL or not, but it seems like the the good competitive games are more high scoring than what we're used to. Yeah, that that definitely may be a trend here. Uh, I guess the big thing to note, ton of football left to play. You know, this is the the longest season ever. Um, So it's really going to end up being, you know, who survives, who can stay healthy. That might be the make or break for, for some of these teams. So kind of ending on a low note here, uh, model went over three on this one as well. Um, had Seattle minus two. Nope. Seattle to win. Nope. Over 54 and a half. Nope. They only got to 47. Um, so let's kind of compare this Pat to, um, another model that's out there. And that's the one at odd shark. Um, and also the public consensus just to kind of put the model in perspective in, in terms of how it's doing. So looking at the money line, uh, our model went nine for five this week. The odd shark model went 10 for four. The difference making was actually this last game we talked about. Our model had Seattle winning. Odd shark's model had Minnesota winning. So kudos to them. Uh, but both models ended up very good for the money line. And I, I think that's all good and dandy. Uh, I think money line might is usually the easiest to pick. I mean, if you just pick the massive favorite every single time, you know, chances are you're going to be right most of the time, but the payoff isn't always there, right? You know, if you're taking these huge favorites at minus five, 600 odds, your payoff isn't there and you can still end up losing money. So money line, both models pretty good at that. Um, for the spread, they were also about even. Um, our model went six and seven and one. So we pushed on Atlanta plus three. Odd Shark went six and eight. So basically the same thing there. The public uh, did okay today for the spread. They went eight for six. And then for the over under, this is where the biggest discrepancy is. And, you know, we're only, we only just started doing this for week three, but um, I, I think this is a flaw in our model. So we went six for eight in the over under. Odd Shark went 11 for three. The biggest difference here. The odd shark model almost always pick the under. There were only two games to pick the over for, and that was the Raiders Dolphins and the Saints Patriots. On the other side, for our model, it took the over for every game but two. It took the under for Steelers, um, Steelers Bengals, 
and the under for Cardinals Jacksonville. Now, both of those hit, but it was more under than over uh, this week. And I think that's something that may need to be addressed. And, you know, Pat, maybe something you and I talk about to give more context and and what we think about these bets. Um, but again, not nearly as bad as the public. Public is always bad at picking the over under. Um, they went five for nine because the public always picks the over. So just food for thought here at the moment. Um, any thoughts on that, Pat? Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think that, you know, we know in terms of people who follow the NFL fairly close, um, sometimes when the stat lines are pushing for something to be a shootout, it doesn't always end up being that way. And we kind of talked about this, you know, it could either be a situation where you have two competitive teams and we know for a fact, oh, it's going to be a shootout. And it doesn't end up being that way. Like there's stout defense. Or you can have a situation like Tampa where we're like, okay, well, maybe they'll hold Los Angeles together. It'll be like a good game, but it won't be as high scoring. But that's not the case. Um, I think those are discrepancies that we're still trying to find out in the NFL. Who actually has the right defense to prevent the over from hitting? I think that's really what's going to be found out within the next few weeks. Absolutely. It's something to keep an eye on. And again, we're super early into this season. We are just getting started. Um, But if you want to keep in touch with us, you can follow us on Twitter at SWTN underscore podcast. You can check us out on Instagram at sleeping with the numbers, YouTube also at sleeping with the numbers. Um, You can check out our action networks. We have links in all of our descriptions. If you want to listen to us uh, through podcasts, just audio um, anchor.fm slash SWTN is where you can find all of the links for that. And, you know, we talked about this last time, but we do our puppy picks. Uh, we post these short videos on YouTube and on TikTok, um, also at Sleeping With The Numbers, and we make puppy picks. We have dogs, and we let them pick uh, the game winners for these primetime games. And our dogs, you know, <laughs> we we love them to death, um, and, and we want to make sure that they are pampered. And one way to do that is with BarkBox. And if you are interested in BarkBox, they have them. Uh, it's a monthly subscription. Um, you get toys, treats, and every month there there seems to be a theme. So this month they are offering the college football box. Um, and you can check that out. They have a few different colleges to choose from if you care about that. Um, but with our link, you get an extra month for free. Yeah, I remember we actually signed up through a referral link as well and i got that free extra month and what's great is you can if you don't want the theme box you can either pick an extra toy um you can pick an extra month for free there's different options so that way you don't have to get put into a position where oh i have to get an ohio state buckeyes toy because i really hate ohio state you're not going to be forced to do that (laughs) um maybe you hate michigan more and you want michigan um if it was me i'd pick one of those two teams because i want to see my dog destroy both of those schools but <laughs> Scout loves them. Um, I've actually posted a few pictures, and they were actually kind enough to send us um, another toy from the fishing theme. So the boxes are also themed every month. Um, the toys kind of go along with it. And the one from the fishing was a squeaky ball shaped like a bobber. And it's driving me nuts because she likes it so much. But we're definitely going to you know, promote products that we would use with our own dogs. And this is definitely one for sure. That's all we got for you today. So take care, everyone. We will see you on Wednesday. <laughs>